Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 180. So I'm recording this on Thursday, April 14th, although it is going to go live on April 25th. So you're probably listening then or shortly thereafter or at some point thereafter. And this is a really cool episode. It's definitely super relevant for yoga teachers because it's all about using the voice. And I have been sort of really um, trying to get this person on my show for a couple of weeks now. She is part of an entrepreneurs group that I am part of, and her name is Catherine Beck, and she is a voice and dialect coach. And I just absolutely love this episode. We go into a whole bunch of things and about the voice. And the really interesting thing that I think you're going to just be sort of amazed by is that the voice is definitely a tool when we think about it vocally, of course. However, it's the window to so much more. And we got into a whole bunch of different topics that I really sort of was surprised about. And um, I think it's just going to be really, really interesting for you. So I'm not going to keep you too much longer. We're going to go uh, to this interview with Catherine and please listen until the end, because at the end of the episode, she has a masterclass. Uh, actually, she's running it two days, April 26th and 27th. So I want you to be sure that you hear about that opportunity to join her masterclass. And she's actually looking for people who attend that masterclass, who are interested and willing to uh, participate with her and be uh, part of some exercises she's going to run people through. And it really sounds like it could be transformative. So stay tuned for this interview with Catherine coming up and listen till the end to find out about how you can join her masterclass coming up at the end of April. I hope you love this one. I love doing it. And let's roll that tape. Here we go. All right, so let's get started. I'm super excited to uh, to have you on the podcast, and I have to start out. I'm I'm definitely going to have you introduce yourself. I have to start out though with uh, not an epiphany, just a realization that I had about five minutes ago. Because 
in doing some research for this episode, I looked on your website and the Australia piece just kept hitting me like, I know I've heard this before, but not recently. Mm. And I, oh, many years ago, started listening to a podcast by David Seitman Garland, who yes. was an entrepreneur who had a program about how to build online courses. That's how and I started. Yes. And I Googled David Seitman Garland, Catherine Beck, Australia. And I got that episode. I swear that must, and I couldn't find a date on any of the listings on Google. I I swear it was almost 10 years ago. Do you have any recollection of being on that show with him? Yes, it was not 10 years ago. It was two years ago. It was, um, Oh my gosh, my memory was it, it was just after the 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 you know like the beginnings of the lockdown. Okay. And yeah, and that was like a big moment for me because he was the the beginning of my online entrepreneur business, how Got I took it. everything online. And I I remember he had the podcast and then he stopped the podcast and then he right. brought back a few episodes. And I remember when I first joined his program, I'm like Oh gosh, wouldn't that be a big moment if I was ever on his podcast? And then I got asked to be on his podcast. I was like, oh my God, look at this. It's happening. Yeah. Yes. Well, I used, I can't believe, I don't know why I felt like it was so long ago. I, um, you, when I would walk to teach yoga classes, I, I live in Boston and it was like a 45 minute walk to one of the studios. And I distinctly remember walking and listening to your story about oh how you your husband uh, in, in a bar in LA and, yeah. and the whole, which I want you to talk about the whole angle of teaching in another country yeah. uh, about and learning that accent. Anyway, it just is so funny in all of our prior conversations recently, it didn't hit me. And, and then today I said, gosh, I know I have heard her name <laughs> and heard about the Australia piece before. So I'm really excited to kind of, I mean, I would have never thought that day listening to you that you'd someday be on my podcast. So that's kind of a full circle moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. How funny is it? That's exactly. great. I exactly. love that. So this is probably a good time since we're talking about all these details. And as people are listening, they're probably like, what the heck is going on? So why don't you share a little bit about um, what you do and where your focus is and, and we can go from there. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I'm Catherine Beck. And recently I've been donned the name of the Beckinator. So you may hear some people in my audience might now hear me called the Beckinator because I've been on other podcasts and people are starting to call me the Beckinator. So this was a nickname that was given to me by James Wedmore, who is my business coach, my mentor. And in a hot seat call that we had together, he just called me the Beckinator and it stuck and it's become like my business identity, which is something I teach in my work as well. When I work with my students is creating this identity for yourself when you jump on a stage or an online space and you're speaking to an audience or even one person, whether they're there or not, is to embody this persona of you that exudes confidence when you speak. And a little bit about my backstory is I come from an acting background. 
I started acting at a very young age. I grew up in Chicago. And then after I finished university, I had this pull, like many actors do, to move to Hollywood. So I started doing the whole LA acting thing, auditioning by day, waiting tables by night. And one day in walks this Australian male in this bar that I was hanging out in. I was supposed to meet my friend for drinks after work. And she called and said she wasn't going to show up. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to hang out here and have a drink and then I'll go home. And this guy walks in with his heavy Australian accent, orders beers. And that was it. Six days later, we were in love and had to figure out what the next step was. How are we going to keep this romance going? He was going on a flight back to Sydney and uh, he called me two days later and said, I'm booking a flight and I'm coming back and I'm going to hang out with you. And so it was a very quick romance within seven months of knowing each other. We were married, got married in Santa Monica. And two weeks later, I was on a plane moving to Sydney and I had to figure out, well, how is an American actress going to work halfway around the world? Because, you know, the, it was going to be really limited for me with sounding American to get work over here. So I thought, well, I've got to learn an Australian accent. So that was the first thing I did. I was horrible at it. And it took me a very long time to get good at it. It took me probably about a year. And once I started booking roles in an Australian accent, I thought, wow, look at this. I've just opened the doors to so many more possibilities for myself through my voice. And I want to teach actors from other countries how to do the opposite. You know, I really understood barriers and blockages that limit us in our passion and our dreams. And it all starts with our mind, how we think of things. And so I started looking at how we shift affects how we speak and applying that not just to actors, but then to anyone who uses their voice, how our thoughts affect our day-to-day actions and how, where we live, we get so used to communicating with our culture in a very specific way. When we start to branch out, for example, online and speak to a much bigger audience, we have to understand that everyone's got different upbringings, backgrounds, education, history. And so how do we communicate in a way that attracts a bigger audience? Not just, you know, if you're in Boston or in Sydney, how do we now speak to a much bigger audience? And so it's kind of a little bit of, you know, my progression into what I teach now. So I teach really anyone who uses their voice in their business, how to communicate in a way that creates intention, influence, and impact. Well, that is just so relevant to the people that listen to my show because I'm a yoga teacher. My podcast is Conversations for Yoga Teachers. And I always talk about how there's so many tools we have as teachers at our disposal. However, our voice is the primary way that we're communicating with people. And now with so many of us teaching online, we lose the ability to do some of the things we used to do in person. And so the voice becomes even more important in terms of how we're communicating with students when they're practicing at in their homes on the yoga mat and we're in our house on the yoga mat. Um, 
And so I, that I have a lot of questions that, you know, I definitely want to have you talk about this connection between mindset and voice, because that is something that I didn't really think about. And when you started to say it, I thought, oh, this is really an area I want to dive into because I could see how there would be, you know, a lot of yoga teachers have a lack of confidence and mm -hmm. I would love to get your input on how that might come through in their voice. So let's just put a pin in that because before okay. we go there, I, I want to just tell you a quick funny story and this will launch us into the next question. I've been doing a, um, a bunch of TikTok videos lately and it's interesting to me when I get the captions, how many things are spelled incorrectly and it's mm -hmm. alerting me to things I'm not saying clearly. And granted, some of the words are anatomy type words that maybe TikTok doesn't have in its glossary, but even things like, if I say something like, I want to help you and it'll come out like, I want to help you. And I, and I don't really want to have, so it's just in mm. preparation for this show, I've been really more aware of my speaking because I'm seeing it in writing when the dictation on TikTok brings it back. So with that, um, can we talk a little bit about how you see the voice as a tool? And we don't necessarily have to wrap around the yoga teacher perspective, mm -hmm. just in general, how we can use our voice as a tool. Oh, it's a massive tool. We use it every day, not just for our business, but in our day to day. And it has the ability to either attract people to you or repel them away. So what would you rather do? Do you want yeah. to attract a person when you're speaking to them or do you want to push them away? Sometimes you do want to push them away. You know, maybe right. you're not in the mood to have a conversation, but if your objective is to, um, you know, get a new client or, you know, book a client or fill your space with, you know, envisioning all these beautiful yoga students in your space um, or, or get more followers on TikTok. Right. We're looking to attract people. And so one of the most effective ways and, and most powerful ways to stand out as the leader in your niche. So if you want to be seen as the top yoga instructor in your, in your fields, by using your voice, you're automatically standing out because most people are hesitant to use their voice, especially online in the online space. Mm -hmm. So once we decide to use our voice, then it's about how can we enhance it? How can we attract people through our voice. So one of them is the mind. If you're setting yourself up for thinking a certain way and, and really thinking about what's my objective, what do I want to do by the end of this TikTok video? For example, if we can set ourselves up and prepare ourselves up with this level of knowing where we want to direct the conversation, even though it's a one-way conversation that automatically gets transmitted through the voice. So the nonverbal aspects that are happening, not just the words, but how you say it, the delivery is that unspoken connection that you have with your audience. It's that transference of energy because our voice is energy. Energy is in our voice. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability to share that energy with another person or we can shut it off. We can close it off. 
there's a disconnection there. And it's just like the rest of the, the parts in your body. When you're doing yoga, your voice is the same. You can either open that up where you can have that invisible connection with the other person, or you can close it off. Mm -hmm. And that starts with you. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. All of that is heard through your voice. Got it. So if we sort of imagine, you know, I mean, we can look at it through the lens of yoga teaching or acting or making uh, social media videos. What are some of the aspects of the voice? I'm thinking of, you know, if a yoga teacher is out there listening and they want to know, well, of course, it's my voice. I'm just speaking outside of what my voice sounds like, which even though you changed it, your own voice, you know, if someone's not necessarily wanting to change their voice itself, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind for me is just the volume, you know, when you're teaching in a particular room and maybe the space is not um, great in terms of acoustics, you might have to speak louder to help the people in the back of the room hear it. Are there other things besides the volume that you can use when you're communicating? What other types of things come up? Yeah, for sure. I do want to give one tip though to your audience is that, and this is very common because you do want to amplify, project your voice, boost the volume. Oftentimes what happens is we start to enhance that, well, not enhance that, we start to strain the voice. Okay. So we think that in order to get loud, that we need to use the, the, the voice, the vocal folds, which are in the throat. So you start to feel strain yep. in the voice, in the vocal folds. Mm -hmm. But it's actually, that area is passive, meaning we don't have to actively think or do anything to the vocal folds. It really comes down to your breath and your articulators, your movable articulators, which are your lips, your tongue, your lower jaw, your soft palate, these muscles, these areas are active, but it starts with the breath, which is great because you do a lot of breath and yoga, right? Yeah. So if the, the breath, I think of like the fuel for your voice, it's the strength. And if you don't have enough breath, what happens is then we start to strain the voice. We run out of breath. We start to strain the voice. We put the attention on the, the voice instead of the breath. But if we have great breath support through diaphragmatic breathing, breathing through the diaphragm, really filling the lungs, you'll notice that that's not only going to strengthen your voice, amplify your voice, get louder, but it's going to make it clearer as well it all starts with the breath. So you're already doing that in yoga, but now yeah. we're applying it to the voice. And so even just that small shift of thinking, oh, it's not coming from my vocal folds. It's not that area. It's through the voice and mm -hmm. the breath mm -hmm. carries the voice. And then it gets transmitted into sounds, sounds into words. Those words are shared with the audience. So the other part of that is that if you close up your mouth, so like if I start to tighten up my jaw mm -hmm. and I'm closing up the space, so you can see what I'm doing, your listeners might not see what I'm doing, but I'm really closing up the space. Can you hear how it gets harder to understand me? Yeah. But also I shut off 
the amplification. So it can't possibly be as loud because there's so little space coming through my mouth right now. But if I open up that space, wow, all of a sudden it's boomy. It's like a, like a megaphone, like one of those megaphones, yeah. right? It, all of a sudden it expands and the airwaves can fill the entire room. Right. And I'm doing that with very little um, effort, very right. little effort, right? It's not like you're pushing more. Right. You get the sound out. You're just opening. And it's interesting when you talked about the facial configuration, because my specialty is anatomy. I teach yoga teachers anatomy. And so now you're getting into the anatomy of the face and the skull and the jaw and all of that. Yeah. So it's kind of cool how it, it all kind of connects there. Um, you know, when you were talking about the difference in that example, you just did, it makes me think about um, people who might be a little shy or a little concerned about really showing themselves. And I think about yoga teachers who might have some of that in, in their body, in their mindset, and how they maybe aren't really conscious of how they're not using their voice to their fullest potential, because there is something else there. This yeah. sort of touches on you're talking about mindset a little bit. So what what could someone do? What's possible for them to sort of harness the actual power they have? Well, I totally get that. I grew up a very shy girl and was always afraid to use my voice, especially in big groups. So I, re I specifically remember when I made the decision to not just be an actor, but to start teaching voice and teaching accents. And I remember the first time I had a class and I would have to stand in front of the class and teach them the American accent. And I, I had to prepare, like I wrote, basically wrote a script out for myself and recited it to prepare, took notes. I had bullet points. I was so ready to go. But the second that I got in front of the group of students, I was shaking. I was nervous because it was me. It wasn't me being a character. I felt so comfortable being other characters and acting because I was jumping into their shoes. It wasn't me. I wasn't that shy girl anymore. But when it's you in front of a group, it's you. So how do you overcome those fears? So that's where I bring in that voice identity, that teacher identity, that identity that you can step into a persona. It's a version of you, but it's a heightened version of you. It's the aspects and characters that maybe uh, sometimes feel a little awkward in the day to day, but you allow yourself to embody when you're in front of an audience. So you can be the leader, you can be the instructor, you can be the people that can receive your knowledge and expertise. You can think of it kind of like Beyonce, Sasha Fierce. Have you heard of Sasha Fierce? Um, no, that's her alter ego. So oh, every time, okay. yeah, every time she goes on stage and you can see it, she's amazing on stage because she's Sasha fierce. Yeah. Is she Sasha fierce in her day today? No, she doesn't walk around <laughs> stomping around. And yeah. You know. And usually but, when you see anything about her in the news, she's very reserved and very kind of held back. Yeah. Now that you are, she could be shy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the key, you know, some of the great performers and, and actors and even sports players, I think are very shy, yeah. but they know how to, uh, enhance this part of themselves, bring this part of themselves out that carries their, 
creativity or their expertise. And so I think that's one of the steps is identifying that for yourself. That's why I call myself the Beckinator. That's why I love it is because that embodies that persona, you know, the other thing like is we're talking about the state of mind, the mindset. I teach my students how to identify what would be their, I call it a voice declaration. And it becomes like your mantra, a thing you can say to yourself out loud or in your head, or even you can have it posted somewhere in your space to remind you of why you're doing this and why you're using your voice. So for me, my declaration is I have something to say. Mm. And when I think that, and I say it, it empowers me to know that I have a very important and powerful message to share with the world. And I'm going to use my voice. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think when you talked about the voice being energy and that statement, I think just has such a great energy around it, just a very powerful energy. And it's almost, it sort of reminds me of that, that statement, act as if, like, even if you're not really feeling it, sort of act as if you feel it. And then, you know, your body and your mind will sort of follow, follow along. Um, So that's great. So when you had mentioned working with your students, I'm curious how, I mean, what kinds of people are coming to you and how are you working with them? Yes, all sorts of people, which is so great about voice because everyone has a voice that they want to share with the world. So I started with actors and I had this pool last year that that I wanted more. I I didn't want to just teach one specific audience because it was very specific, not just actors, but actors that were born outside of the U.S. I wanted to master the American accent so they could book U.S. roles. So my audience was very laser focused, but small in comparison to voice, which is a much grander niche. So my passion, and I feel like my greater purpose is to help people share their important message with the world through the power of their voice. So that's anyone that's got a dream, a desire, a passion, a purpose. You know, if you're a yoga instructor, if you're a mom, whatever it may be, your voice is so powerful in communicating your thoughts, your feelings, and everything in between. So it's learning how to deliver the message in the way that you want it to, to be received through intention, Mm -hmm. through influence. So that can be great for business owners and through creating impact. You know, if you want to create impact in other people's lives, you can so very easily do that through your voice. So it goes very deep into like what we're talking about energy and connection, teaching people that sort of unseen thing of how to connect to another person through your voice Mm -hmm. and bringing in that emotional element of connecting to someone through emotion. Mm -hmm. Interesting. When you had said mom, I started to think about, um, you know, I've done a lot of work with kids and how voice was always a big part of how I would try to with preschoolers, get them to either listen to me or if they were out of control, kind of using different tone. 
And it made me think about voice as a tool in relationships. So I'm curious, do you have anybody that you're working with where they come to you maybe to sort of find their voice as a tool to help their relationships versus like their business? Not as of yet, but I am going to be on somebody else's podcast who is a relationship coach. So it's funny that you mentioned that because she wants to talk about, you know, sexy voice and how to attract people through your voice. So this is all things that are sort of second nature to me, not just from the voice aspect, but being an actor and more specifically a voiceover actor, because I still do a fair bit of voiceover work. And that's exactly what we do. You know, we work with that emotional element Mm -hmm. and how to deliver that through your voice. So so for example, when I, I am the voice of a brand, we're evoking a feeling. So we're not just selling the product, we're selling the feeling the product gives you. Hmm. And so every time you hear an ad, you're connecting to that ad through a feeling. Do they, does it, you know, evoke an emotional response in you or not? And sometimes that could be that unspoken thing that you don't realize is connecting you to want to go out and purchase that product is because it's, it's connected to you on a much deeper level. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that is something that is probably happening and we're not even really aware of it, you know? Mm. Um, so is it the kind of thing where I'm just curious as part of working with a company, they're conveying to you in the ad and the development of the ad, what feeling they want the consumer to have, and you're actually using your voice in different, using the different aspects of your voice to sort of evoke that response yeah. in the, wow. <laughs> that's where it gets really interesting. And that's when we talk about like influencing through your voice, it's happening all the time. Hmm. And you Do don't you, even realize that it's happening. Yeah. And I guess what I'm wondering is not so much, not so much in selling products, although I could definitely see how that's happening. And now I'm going to sort of be more alert when I'm watching TV um, to advertisements that that come on. I'm thinking about it um, in the context of teaching yoga, where we're not really selling a product, of course, but we're trying to support people in this, in this um, journey of, you know, let's just say one yoga class, where Mm -hmm we don't want to necessarily, we want them of course, to have agency over their feelings that we're not trying to make them feel a particular way. However, we want to encourage them to be present, to be aware. Um, and we can say these things literally, you know, like I want you to breathe. I want you to be present. I'm wondering though, are there other aspects of the voice that can help us encourage that person, the people in our classes to move in that direction? Yeah, for sure. A lot of it is that hesitancy or doubt or disconnect or uncertainty of how to connect Mm -hmm. with other people. Mm -hmm. And it really is this sort of energy thing. You know, when you connect to someone, it can be vulnerable. It doesn't have to be super vulnerable, but there's an act of opening yourself up. And when we do that, 
there is a fear or concern or worry or doubt that you're going to get hurt. Right. But if we think about it a different way of what is the outcome that we want for our students, what's their transformation, it becomes about them and serving them and less about you. And so that's how we start to build that connection, that thing that we can't see, but we can feel. And we can feel when we're connected to another person Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can feel when you're disconnected. And the more you can become aware of that feeling of what it feels like to connect to somebody, what it feels like to go back into your body, into your head, the easier it becomes to start to notice and shift that in the moment to be more present with your students and make it about them and not about you. Yeah, I I think that's such a great perspective because many times teachers that I work with they come from a place of not being confident and that lack of confidence sometimes is connected to not knowing a lot about the movements of the body and that lies in the anatomy and learning anatomy is a a journey of its own and so while they're in that process they you know i i give them techniques for sticking with what you know teaching things that are action oriented versus going into things about the mechanics of the body in your cues Um, And it just, it makes me think about for that teacher's experience, when they're coming from that place of not being confident, it is very, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it is a very self-centered experience for that teacher, rather than what you're saying, which is thinking about the other person and somehow kind of shifting from your experience to how am I facilitating this person's experience? And it sort of takes the weight off of you. And now you're thinking about how my words are landing on this person. So you sort of change the lens from me to them. And so I, I, I really appreciate that you brought that up because it sounds like that's a way, even if you're not feeling confident, if you can sort of nudge yourself to think about the other person, does that sort of relieve some of the pressure on you? (laughs) I think so. I think that what I'm hearing from you is that the yoga instructor is very well prepared. They're learning all of these specifics about the body. And I think that at some point you have to feel that you know the information, you know enough to be in the room and to be the teacher, right? So when you can say to yourself, it's going to come out however it needs to come out in this moment, because every time you teach a class, it's different, right? Even if it's the same program, it's never going to be taught the same. Totally true. So allow yourself to experience that and go on the journey of what that experience is going to be that time with those people and make it about them and make that experience the most incredible yoga experience they've ever had. Mm -hmm. But it's Mm -hmm. much harder to do that if you're all wrapped up in your head and you've got all these thoughts going on and you're thinking about, you know, the spine and you're, you're thinking, oh, that didn't come out right. Oh, I forgot to say this. That's impacting the experience for your students. And they didn't come to that session to uh, be, uh, you know, 
going through your stuff. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's when it comes down to make it about them, you know, and that's, what's going to drive them to come back and take mm -hmm. another one of your classes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm wondering when you work with people, I mean, especially since I talked to you earlier about when you were on, uh, the podcast I'd listened to a couple of years ago with David, uh, I don't remember in that show and maybe you didn't go into it. I'm just curious now, what kinds of things are you teaching people in your program? I mean, what kinds of things do you go through with them? I mean, that might give us and give me a sense of like some of the coaching and some of the topics that you walk them through. And I bet some of it's going to be relevant to, to teachers listening. Oh, for sure. So I always start my students with uncovering your true voice, that vo voice that you're meant to be speaking from, but has been buried down deep inside. And so we look first at your voice story. How did you start your voice? How did you start speaking the voice that you speak today? And if you're looking to shift your delivery, if you're looking to enhance your voice in any sort of way, the way you connect to other people through your voice, it starts with that identification. And from there, that's where we create your voice declaration, that sentence like mine, I have something to, to say that's very specific to your history. And that really calls and speaks to you. So we start from that place which is very special. And once we've done that, then we can start building the voice to where we want it to go. So we look at enhancing the voice through the body. So that's through your breath, through your actual body, through your voice and through your mind. And then we go into creating that influence and impact through your voice. So looking at things like your, your volume, your pace, your rhythm, the way you use pauses or don't you use pauses, filler words, those sort of things, uh, how you stress specific words to catch people's attention, hmm. impacting through your voice. And then we look at the, the, uns the unspoken things that I call it your voice performance. So it's anytime you're using your voice to connect to another person in heightened circumstances. So that could be teaching a class that could be doing a TikTok, that could be, you know, doing a, um, a zoom call with somebody, whatever it is, that's not your usual conversation with somebody where it's a little right. bit unnatural. I call it your voice performance. And so it's looking at things like that connection with your audience, whether they're there with you in the room or they're not, how do we connect to another person through our voice. Hmm. When you were talking in the beginning about um, kind of the development of your voice, it's something, I guess, is it something that we have control over as individuals? I mean, when we were little and we were learning how to talk, I mean, I, I never thought of the voice I have. I didn't really choose it. It just sort of <laughs> there. So when you work with people, are there certain aspects of their voice that they want to change, whether it's a certain accent or a certain, 
I don't know other qualities of it because it just makes me wonder, do we really choose the voice we have or is it just how it develops based on who we were around, our facial anatomy, our vocal cord structure? I don't know. Is that something yeah. that's changeable? Yeah, some of it is physically how we were born. You know, there's specifics to how we speak that makes us uniquely you because our bodies are all different. But from that point on, once we learn how to speak, it's very environmental. It's we're influenced and our voice is shaped based on our personal experiences. So mm -hmm. we're influenced, for example, your accent, the reason you speak the way you speak versus somebody aside from me, you know, who grew up in Australia, they sound different. They've got different accents because that's based on what you hear. You right. naturally start to form your accent based on your surroundings. So that can always shift mm. over time and you, you can change things. That's the thing. Um, for example, you know, when I grew up in Chicago, I would have had more of a Chicago accent, right? When but, I go home to see my parents in New Jersey, I sort of pick up a little bit of the way they sound, which is not the way I sound when I'm not there. And my boyfriend will say, "What? why are you changing your voice? And I'll say, I'm not even aware that I am. That's it. We acclimate. One of the ways I think instinctively uh, to survive in society is we automatically without even thinking about it, we want to be part of the herd, the pack. And so in the voice, it starts to blend and shape and change to fit in with what you hear around you. And it's so fascinating. So over time, your voice can change and it will change. And when you think about when you were younger, your voice was much more innocent and naive and vulnerable but over time, as you have more experiences, your voice shifts, it matures, it, it, it changes. Mm -hmm. So your voice can always change based on what you want. You know, if there's something about your voice, you don't like, you can change it. It's yeah. just, it's a skill, like everything else. You just got to practice and put your yeah. attention there. Yeah. That's interesting. And it makes me think of, uh, I don't, um, know any of these kinds of things, but I think of you know, exercising the body, are there certain things to exercise the voice that maybe a yoga teacher or someone, anyone listening who uses their voice as part of their job, is there something that we should be doing? I mean, it makes me think about, there was a yoga teacher that I worked with one time uh, oh, for many years. And one time he had said to me, don't ever drink um, any kind of dairy product before mm. you eat because it tends to create a lot of mucus in your throat type of thing. And that's maybe yeah. not an exercise, but just like a tip. Are there, are, is there anything that we need to be aware of to help our voice sound really clear or anything we should do to prepare it before we, <laughs> before I think about like when people are going to sing, they do different things to prepare their voice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even if it's just a super quick warm up for you want something for your breath, but obviously yoga instructors, I'm assuming understand diaphragmatic breathing. Yeah. 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 So you start with that and that helps also calm the nerves. Yeah. Which is great. 
So you're, you're already doing that. You could do simple things like a gentle humming just to, you know, warm up the voice. Mm -hmm. You can, you can do what we call a siren, which is going up and down your scales. So you can start to warm up the range, which is Mm -hmm. you know just something like that just very gentle and easy just to warm up the voice I like a go-to tongue twister and articulation exercise because that warms up and helps create clarity so yeah. whatever it could be for you and you, you know you can google and find a million sure. my favorite is one I learned in drama school ages ago, which is Badika Manika Patika, Badika Manika Patika, Badika Manika Patika, because yeah. it hits a lot of the consonants. Right. So it doesn't have to be a lot, you know, just loosening up the jaw. Yeah. I like to massage around the masseter muscles, the lower yeah. jaw, you know, here and just see if there's yeah. any tension and just release around there. Warm yeah. up the lips. You can stretch the lips. You can. Yeah blow them out, you know, anything just to wake up those muscles. I, it's so funny. I call it face yoga or talking yeah. about yoga. Well, and that's why it is so funny because like I said, I teach anatomy and obviously yoga. So we're covering a lot of yeah. areas that are familiar. So that's great. Yeah. The soft palate. Yep. That's huge mm -hmm. because a soft palate, I think of like the gateway for the sound. So if your soft palate is closed, you know, like if it's down, mm -hmm. And then the back of the tongue is really high. You can uh -huh. hear like, yeah, the sound is different and it's not as open. But when I, if you start to exercise your soft palate muscle, it'll naturally start to create more space for you. Right. And so that, and the combination of getting the, the back of the tongue out of the way, you can start to hear there's a more open, resonant, warmer, richer tone coming out right. of my voice. Versus, right. you know, when I right. close up the space. Right? Yeah. And the other thing, you know, obviously people are just listening to the audio, but I can see it. It changes the, your whole face. I mean, your whole face yeah. is much more approachable. And so I think energetically too, for teachers who are maybe hiding a little bit or who are shy and the voice is sort of closing off as part of that persona, you know, when they allow themselves to really come through their voice. It, I'm sure will change the way people perceive them because their whole face will sort of look brighter just because their mouth is opening more. Yeah. It's all connected. Isn't it fascinating? It really is. And it really, that whole um, piece we talked about around sort of fake it till you make it sort of thing. Um, I could see how that could be helpful because the response you'll get from people will sort of encourage you that you're on the right track. So even if you're feeling a little out of body experience, because you're nudging yourself into an area that you're not really comfortable with, mm. the response is probably going to be great because people can just see you more clearly. Your eyes are more open. Your mouth is more expressive. Um, I would think that probably also works really well on social media where you're trying in a short period of time to connect with someone who's just scrolling through a bunch of videos and you want them to stop and yeah. look at yours. That's it. Yeah, exactly. How do you stand out in right. the online space? What I tell my students all the time is, you know, your, your brand, you are a personal brand, whether you're a yoga instructor, an actor, a, a podcaster, we're all brands. Right. And so what makes your brand stand out is you. 
Right. You being uniquely you. So instead of trying to be something that you think your audience wants, the more you embrace who you are and what makes you you, and you're able to create that connection, as I was saying before, that's what's going to draw people in because they can see that you're not trying to, you know, force something on them. You're sharing with them and people, people in the online space, your audience, they, they want, and they are needing a connection. That's why they're going online is to have a connection with somebody. So the more that you can create that for them on your end, they will feel it. They can feel when you're faking it and they can feel when you're authentic. When you're authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And and that definitely holds true when you're teaching, even if you're not sharing something personal and you're sticking to kind of teaching the postures, there's all of that tone and everything can convey confidence and authenticity or, or not. Um, so I just want to be mindful of your time because I know you have another, another, uh, call after this. So I'm just thinking, I definitely want you to share with folks how to get in touch with you, how to find out more about your program. And I, before we go to that, I'm just wondering, are there any, um, like that whole exercise you were saying, that's part of your program to sort of help people find the origination of their voice or anything along those lines. Is there anything that people can do sort of independently to kind of ask themselves some inquiry questions to sort of examine their voice as part of their persona, something that they could do kind of maybe a journaling exercise or some probing questions that they could ask themselves. I mean, I'm kind of curious to do it myself, actually. (laughs) I would say, you know, give yourself a moment. Like I'm sure, you know, if you're a yoga and teacher, you probably enjoy meditation. I'm guessing. Okay. So you could meditate and just see what comes up, you know, think about when you were a young child and it doesn't even have to be, this is the fascinating thing I find with voice is a lot of the voice stories I've heard from students have been in your teens. And I think it's because it's sort of that awkward age where you start to use your voice in front of a group of people could be in a class, Mm -hmm. public speaking, something like that. But when you're, you know, meditating, think about whatever comes to mind an experience that you remember when you were younger, where you remember using your voice and see what comes up Mm -hmm. and start journaling on that and see what you notice and see what thoughts and feelings come out and see if that rings true to how you use your voice today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, so much So much comes from when we were younger, you know, that sort of carries forth as adults. And I don't think a lot of us take the time to kind of do that retrospective look to see mm-hmm. like, well, how did I get here? And if we, like you say, think about it from the lens through the lens of speaking, like a time you had to speak, a time that you were asked to present in third grade or something and 
who knows, maybe something negative happened. And from that point forward, you were afraid to use your voice, something along those lines. So that's, yeah. that is really interesting. I bet there's a lot there for people to discover and uncover. So, all right. So let's do this. Um, how do people find you on social media and how do <laughs> they find out more about your program? Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Catherine underscore Beck underscore. I've got a podcast, which is the voice for business podcast, where we talk about all these sort of things and how to, you know, use it for your business. I am on the TikToks as well at Catherine Beck voice coach. I think it is. And my website is catherinebeck.com. I don't know when this podcast is airing, but I've got a free voice masterclass that's happening on the 26th and 27th of April. Yep. It's actually going to go live on the 25th of April. So that'll oh, great. be great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So you're welcome to join me and learn more about how to use your voice. And my favorite thing is when I do the master classes, is I love to work with a couple of volunteers. So if you're interested, just let me know. You can send me a DM or okay. um, an email or something like that because I love working with people. So you can really experience yeah. how quickly you can shift your voice. It's amazing oh. how quickly you can get results. It can be automatic. And so we'll be working on that in the master classes. And um, yeah, that's I think that's great. That's all, yeah, all the good stuff. If you have something voice oriented, it can really change how you feel about yourself. So if you shift something yeah. in your voice, all it's like kind of changing your hairstyle. It's like, oh my God, now I feel so much more confident when I speak. So that must be great. So that for that masterclass, when they connect with you on Instagram or TikTok, that's a way also to find out about the masterclass and register for it. Yes, you can head over to katherinebeck.com forward slash masterclass to sign okay. up. And got you've it. got, there's two different dates. So there's uh, the, I think it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday, the yep. 20, 26th and the 27th. Yep, 26th, 27th of April. Yep. Yeah. So you can sign up for one of those. Okay. And we'll get a chance to, to work together if you want. On the awesome. That sounds great. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I was kind of reaching out to you. I was like, I'm getting her on my show because I'm so you glad know, you did. Yeah. I, I wanted to be sort of like diligent about it because I just knew that it was going to be something where there were just a lot of touch points for, for teachers because we're using our voice so much. So I really yeah. appreciate it. I know it's early and thank you so much for getting up early. My pleasure. Such a this. joy. And I will definitely after this call, hop on your Instagram and stay connected to you that way as well. And yeah, and I'm going to send you this episode in the next week or so. It'll be packaged up with a nice intro and, um, and it'll be up on up on the interwebs, as they say. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. It was great to see you. Great to meet you. And um, we'll talk soon. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you go, I want to let you know about a new mini course I just created as of October 2021. It's called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program mini course. It's essentially an introductory version to my signature program that teaches you anatomy so that you grow your confidence in sharing cues and sequences and in all those conversations you have with your students. If you're like some of the yoga teachers I speak to, you might feel as if you don't have the time to do my full program. 
That's one of the main reasons I created this mini course, which will give you all the same steps in my signature blueprint approach to teaching you anatomy and will allow you to complete it in much less time. There are 10 modules each of about 10 minutes each, and the entire program walks you through mini lessons from the larger program. You'll leave with specific new skills that you can start to use right away. You may also leave with a keen interest in enrolling in the larger program because your curiosity and confidence have been stoked. For you, the podcast listener, I'm offering $5 off the purchase price of the mini program, which is just priced at $27, so the cost will go down to $22 for you. Once you complete the mini course, you'll see in the next step section how to get a $50 credit to put towards the larger program should you decide to invest in that in the future. To purchase the mini program, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com, click the link for online courses and select the mini course link. When you check out before you enter your credit card, enter the code podcast and you will receive the $5 off. I hope you enjoy the program. I hope it stokes your curiosity and builds your confidence. Namaste.